It's good to see everyone out today. It's been a pleasure and a joy to worship with everyone this morning, and we're going to continue in that worship together as we open up God's Word and study from it. I'm going to ask you to open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. This is the second to last of the lessons that we have connected to our theme for the first trimester of this year, being soldiers in Christ. And we've spent a lot of time talking about that topic, talking about different aspects of the battle that we're engaged in. We've spent quite a bit of time in and around Ephesians chapter 6, and we're going to continue that this morning. If you recall, the last lesson that we had on this left off in verse number 16 with the conclusion, really, of the armor of God that is given to us. Excuse me, verse 17. We're going to pick up in verse 18 this morning as we continue our thought process along the imagery that's being given to us of the armor that God has provided to us for the battle that we are engaged in. He has given us everything that we need to defend what we have as a child of his, as a salvation that has been extended to us. He has provided to us the armor that we need to defend ourselves against the enemy. And that same thought process continues in verse number 18, as he turns his attention slightly away from the specific imagery of the armor. But keep in mind, there isn't even a period between verse 17 and 18. This is very much a continuation of the thought that we left off with a few weeks ago. And so just to remind ourselves of where we are, we're going to begin the reading in verse number 14 and read down through verse number 18. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. The language that's used specifically here in verse number 18 is so important to the discussion of being prepared for the battle that we are engaged in. As Paul turns his attention to the importance of being watchful, and being engaged in prayer. And it's that language that made me think of Matthew chapter 26 that Campbell read for us just a moment ago. Because it's the exact same concept and idea that Jesus was trying to instill in his apostles near the end of Jesus' life as he went into the garden to pray. And he encourages his apostles who are with him, hey, you also watch and pray. Jesus encouraged his apostles in that time to watch and pray because he knew, he knew of the conflict that they were about to be engaged in. He knew of the battle that was on their doorstep. And it wasn't the physical one of the Roman guards that were about to come take Jesus into custody. And Jesus, knowing that and being able to see the challenges that lied ahead for his apostles... He encouraged them in that time to watch and pray. It's easy sometimes for us 
to think about the idea of prayer being specifically uh, appropriate for certain periods or times of our lives. We have an opening prayer, we have a closing prayer. We pray around the Lord's Supper. We pray before a meal, we pray before bedtime, and we have put prayer into a very specific routine that we have cultivated. None of that is wrong in and of itself, but what I want us to encourage you to think about this morning is that prayer is a part of the daily battle that we are engaged in. And just as the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit can't be left out or we will find ourselves unprepared, the same is true when it comes to prayer. We will be woefully unprepared for the battle that is at our doorstep if we neglect the power of being watchful and being prayerful. I love the way that Paul begins this aspect of it there in verse number 18 as he says, praying always with prayer and supplication. Praying always. I'm guessing that I'm not the only one who immediately thought of another verse that sounds very similar to this. In 1 Thessalonians, as Paul concludes his letter to the Christians in Thessalonica, And at the end of that prayer, as he is extending to them some encouragement, he tells them to pray without ceasing. It is that same mindset that we are to be constantly engaged in prayer to our Father. And I will tell you, I think we are far too quick, far too quick, to read a passage like 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 16, or to read a passage like this, and we're very quick to say, now that doesn't mean that we're to be praying all the time. Obviously, we're not supposed to be praying all the time. It talks about our relationship to prayer. It talks about how we're to approach prayer. That's true, but let's not be so dismissive of the fact that we are to be a people that are defined by our prayerful relationship with our Father. If we have limited prayer to the daily routines that we have constructed around ourselves, then just as Peter was unprepared for the battle that lied at his doorstep, we too will be unprepared for the battle that is at ours. We are to be constantly engaged in prayer. There is to be always an open line of communication between us and our Father Because as we've seen, as we've talked about being prepared for this battle in a variety of different ways, it is God, it is God who provides us with what we need to be successful in this battle. There needs to be constant communication between us and our Father. Because prayer is where our armor is reinforced. Prayer is where our armor is secured. Prayer is where the relationship between us and our Father is strengthened. We must be constantly engaged in that. Because without it, we will find ourselves vulnerable. So I would encourage you to think about times in your life where you have found yourself vulnerable to the enemy. Where you have found yourself unprepared for the darts that Satan is throwing at you. Just as if you were to be able to ask Peter 
why he was woefully unprepared for what was going to happen just a few hours later in the Garden of Gethsemane, he could trace that back to the fact that when Jesus told him to watch and pray, instead he slept. We too can trace moments of failure in our lives, spiritually speaking, back to times where we are not constantly engaged in prayer with our Father. Because it is there where our armor is secured. It is there where our relationship with him is reinforced. So yes, pray always. Yes, pray without ceasing. Let that be a part of who you are. Let it be a part of your daily life, minute by minute, hour by hour. Be engaged in conversation with our Father in heaven. He then continues on this thought with two phrases that are very similar in nature and and nearly repetitive in the way that it's written. He says, again, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication. Again, very similar phrases are used by Paul. And oftentimes we make this point when we talk about just studying the Bible and understanding better what the authors have to say. When phrases or words are repeated, it's done so intentionally. And while this isn't necessarily a word-for-word repetition, there is a similarity of thought that Paul is repeating in these two phrases. Prayer is a form of preparation. It is a form of battle planning as we go into our daily lives. It made me think of the story of Hezekiah, one of my favorite stories in Scripture. As Hezekiah receives a letter from the Assyrian army, mocking him, threatening him, ready to come in and destroy him and the city. And Hezekiah immediately takes that letter, and he lays it out before God, and he asks for God to look down upon this and to give him direction as to what he's supposed to do about this, because he doesn't know. That's Hezekiah putting into action the principle that Paul is describing here in Ephesians chapter 6. That we are to pray with supplication. We are to plead with God. We are to beg for God's mercy and for his help. We are to be watchful in our prayers. Again, a forward-thinking mentality when we approach God in prayer. God, help me with the battle that I am going to face. Help me be prepared for challenges that I may not even know what they are yet, but help prepare me for those times. We are forward thinking in our prayers with God. And we do so with perseverance. We do so in the good times and in the bad times. Again, going hand in hand with the first point of praying always, praying without ceasing. We pray with perseverance. We are always engaged in prayer. In Psalm 1 and verse number 2, the psalmist writes, But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. It's a very similar idea, a very similar picture that we can form in our mind of what it means to be constantly engaged in thoughtful watchful prayer, persevering. We do so day and night. Why? Well, the psalmist recognizes that there's delight found in being with God and being in communication with God. 
And that's true for us as well. We find delight in that. And as Paul is pointing out here, not only do we define, not only do we find delight in it, but we find preparation in it. And so we offer supplication to God. We pray with perseverance. We pray with forward thinking about what may lie ahead for us. And again, as I mentioned at the very outset of this lesson, it is so crucial that we keep in mind the context in which this is written. This is God preparing us to be soldiers. This is God's way of preparing us as his people for the challenges that are inevitably going to face us. And in the context of all of that, we are to pray with supplication. We are to take our concerns to God. We are to do so fervently. And we are to do so in the Spirit. Again, what's the phrase right before verse 18? Again, no period, no change of thought. This is a continuation of what Paul has said. What did he just say in verse number 17? Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Praying always with prayer and supplication in the Spirit. There is a clear connection that Paul is wanting us to see between the sword of the Spirit that has been provided to us, the Word of God that prepares us for battle, and the fact that we are to pray in the Spirit. There is a direct link that cannot be missed between our prayers and our time spent in God's Word. God's Word is Him speaking to us. It is the inspired words that God has given to all of mankind in which He speaks to us and provides us with what we need. And our prayer is the response, us talking to God about what he has told us. That's what a relationship looks like. One speaking, and then the other one listening, and then responding. That's communication. That's a relationship. And that's what God wants from us as his people. And so our prayer life must be directly connected to our time spent in God's word. And that's what we see oftentimes throughout the Psalms. Again, there in Psalm 1 verse 2 is a great example of that. We spent the last several months in one of our Bible classes studying through several of the Psalms, many of the Psalms. And you see that over and over again. The communication between God's people and him. The, the desire to spend time in God's word and the direct love that is felt through it and the response from the psalmists as they pour out their emotions and their thoughts to God. There must be a connection there for us as his people. And so we pray often, always, we pray with supplication, we pray with watchfulness, we pray with perseverance, and we do it all in the Spirit. And then lastly, as that phrase concludes, there in verse number 18, we see that we are to do all of this for all the saints. 
Another important aspect of our prayer life must be that it cannot, it cannot be entirely self-centered. Now, don't take that to mean that we aren't supposed to pray for our own challenges and everything that we're going through personally. We are. But that can't be all that our prayers are. And here's why that can't be all that our prayers are. Because if you're not praying for me, there's a chink in my armor. And if I'm not praying for you, there's a chink in your armor. Because we need the prayers of one another. That's why this passage is written the way that it is. God provides all of this armor to us, including the opportunity to pray to him, the giver of the armor. And he tells us to do so for all the saints. We need each other's prayers. We need each other's prayers to strengthen us and to build us up so that we are prepared for battle. It's important to remember that one day we will stand before God as individuals. On the day of judgment, we will stand before him as individuals. But this side of eternity, I am relying on you for help. We need one another. God has given us the church. It is a gift to one another. Because I now have the prayers of you on my behalf and vice versa. We are now working together to strengthen one another and to prepare one another for battle. And to see one another through the hardships that we're going to face. We are working together in that way. Our prayers must give consideration to the needs of the saints. And in order for that to happen, there has to be a level of openness and vulnerability between us. If you are engaged in a battle, if you are in the midst of conflict and trial, do not keep that to yourself. Because you are missing one of the most powerful tools to see you through that battle that God has given. And that is the prayers of the saints. Now, there can be some wisdom at times in terms of how that information is shared, most certainly. But there need to be relationships between us that allow and encourage us to be able to open up to one another and to share our struggles and to know that we will pray for one another, that I will go to battle for you and you will go to battle for me. That's what God wants from his people. We face a worthy adversary. We've talked about that extensively. Evil surrounds us in this world. We need to be there for one another in our prayers. We need to be there to help one another, to strengthen one another, to encourage one another, to admonish one another when necessary, but to always be praying for one another. Always be seeking God's deliverance. In times of need. I hope it's obvious as we look at this list again near the end of our study through this topic for this trimester. I hope it's obvious how important it is that we be prepared for battle. 
I, I hope that if you have been here to, to, to hear some of the lessons and you've studied some of these things on your own, I hope that you have not been able to possibly miss how important it is that you be prepared for battle. Do not be caught off guard. There is no reason for any of us to be unprepared for what's coming our way. And in order for that to be complete, in order for that preparation to be complete, we have to be watchful. We have to be forward-thinking. And that is demonstrated perhaps most clearly in our prayer life. Our prayer life for one another, our prayer life for ourselves. As we strengthen the relationship between us and God. He created us. He created, think all the way back to the very beginning in Genesis chapters 1 and 2. When he created man, he created us to have an intimate relationship with him. When everything was perfect, when everything that God created was perfect and unflawed, there was a constant and open line of communication between his creation, man and woman, and God the creator. That's what God designed us for. That's what God created us to be. And while sin has entered this world and that relationship had been broken, God provides a way for us to restore the perfection of the relationship that he created. And that was through the grace that his son brought into this world that allows us to be forgiven of sin and allows us to have that restoration of relationship. And as we go throughout our daily lives, that relationship is strengthened, that relationship is broadened in our study of God's word and in our prayers to him. And that is a crucial part of being prepared for the enemy that is knocking at our door. So as we conclude this morning, I want to ask you to give some consideration to your relationship with God. First, perhaps, if you're not a Christian, if you've never become a child of God, I want you to think about what you're missing. I want you to think about the relationship that God designed you to have. But the fact that if sin has entered into your life, that relationship is severed. And there is a gap, there is a a longing within you and within God for a restoration of that relationship that can be found through baptism, through committing your life to God. And thanks be to him, he is long-suffering and he is patient and he is calling all to come to him so that they can have that relationship. But then to those of us who are Christians, If you think about, maybe the past few months has given you an opportunity to think about the ways in which you have prepared yourself for battle against the enemy. If your prayer life isn't what God wants it to be, if your prayer life isn't what Paul describes it as here in Ephesians chapter 6, and you are walking out into this world vulnerable, You're walking out into this world unprepared. There's a target on your back. That relationship needs to be restored once again with God. 
And there are a lot of people here this morning that would be more than happy to pray with you, to put our arms around you and to work together as you restore that relationship with God. That needs to be done through confession of sin. It needs to be done through prayer. It needs to be done through openness. That doesn't mean necessarily you have to come to the front as we sing a song here in just a moment. But that's certainly one option that's available to you. But whatever you choose to do, however you choose to handle it, my, my admonition to you is don't try to do it alone. Seek the prayers of the saints around you. Allow us to help you fortify yourself against sin and to prepare you for the battle that is at hand. And there is an opportunity right now that if you need the help of the congregation, if you want to make your challenges known and all of us collectively pray for you, we would be happy and we would love to do that for you. If you're not a Christian, this is an opportunity to come, confess Jesus as your Savior, commit your life to him in baptism, be forgiven of those sins that have severed the relationship between you and your Savior. If we can help you in any way, please come to the front and let us know how as we stand and sing.